I am unashamed. What about you? The story is so nice, you just tell it twice. So, so Zach is with us. Hopefully, we got him for the whole time, although he'll probably flame out at some point. Um, but I, I thought about you, Zach, because I'm watching college football on Saturday, and the big game of the week was Alabama at Florida. And so for our listeners, I don't know, we've, we've probably said this, but all the Dashers, they grew up in Gainesville, Florida, so they're obviously Gator fans. And I guess Gordon is a alumni, right? He graduated from from. Uh, he did. He gra- he graduated from UF. From UF, and so they, you know, and they, the Jan was an LSU fan when she left Louisiana, but through peer pressure and time, she became a huge Gator fan, and so I forgave her because she was such a wonderful woman. But <laughs> so they loved the Gators. But Zach, in the in the karma of, I guess it's karma for me. He marries a woman, Jill, who's been on our podcast, that is a huge Alabama fan. Uh-oh. I mean, hardcore. And so I guess, is her whole family Alabama fans? Eh? They she, are. I mean, it's, it's it's borderline idolatry. I mean, it really <laughs> is. It's, yeah. So it's funny because Zach's kids are just a mishmash. You've got, like, Bear, who's named after Bear Bryant, so duh, he has to be an Alabama fan, and he is. He loves them. And then you've got, I don't know, is Fred a Gator fan? Fred's a Florida fan. Layla's a Florida fan. But then, then Max, Max, my favorite in the family, is an LSU fan because he spent his formative beers here in Louisiana. He loves the Tigers. Oh. So it's it's well, a really y'all y'all have bought him you you send him merchandise which <laughs> like you're kind of like an influence in a bad way on him he's corrupt. So when they won the national championship, I sent yeah. I sent Max a big box full of stuff you could only get here, you know, with yeah. national championships. So I definitely am in stoking that fire. I but think I, winning tends to take care of those. Yeah, well, right. Who you know? I mean, Alabama's king of the world. Well, right? LSU. I mean, two years ago, Florida. Went, it's been, been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Been a while. But so I, while. I'm watching the game, Zach, and I'm 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 imagining being in your house because I couldn't I couldn't imagine being married to a woman. I, you know, I'm married to a woman <laughs> that doesn't care about any of it. Ditto. But I can't imagine being married to a woman that like loves the team that you know the that you're playing against as much as you love your team. So describe to us what happened on Saturday. The, Florida lost the game by an extra they missed an extra point that cost them the game. I mean that's, that's they, the they did. Line. We we actually went to the game. So we we Oh from, you were there? Uh, did you we, take I your was Bible? There. Really? I did I did not take my Bible. Well I would have uh, recommended that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was wild, man. It was a party go in for sure. Unarmed in that environment. <laughs> it was a hundred thousand yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, it was insane. Were we, you yeah, the only was... sober people there? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a few others, oh, okay. us, but yeah, oh, okay. but there was a lot of Bama fans there. Um, yeah, we we had a good time, but uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's annoying, you know, uh, the way Jill could acts and conducts herself is, <laughs> it, yeah. it's not godly for sure. <laughs> uh, but you know, what do you do? You know, <laughs> it's. Uh, I was, I, I'll be honest with you, Alabama fan. I, mean, I better not say anything, guys. We got it. We yeah. got we got fans in Alabama. That's right. Yeah, I'm just telling you though. Like it's a whole and, and it's a whole other level. It may be because they're so good right now too that it's like you. You, you know, it's like the, the big kid on the block, and they just they beat everybody, and it's like, oh, it's so annoying. And Jill's just sitting there smug the whole time. I thought we were going to win. and uh, So you went you, you went missed. all in, didn't you? You, you went for I it. I went all in. I went <laughs> full-blown trash talking. 
<laughs> Sabin himself says, when you reach the top of the mountain, you are the mountain. That's, that's <laughs> he true. say that? He, that's what he's saying. Well, I tell wow. you, I think we need some humble pie. The best shirt that I saw there, though, was it said, not today, Saban. That was the best shirt. <laughs> not today, <Okay>. Saban. <laughs> that is funny. Well, I had no idea that you were at the game because I was imagining y'all watching it at your house, but that's even yeah. more awesome. And Jill was with you at the game? She, it was me, Jill, a whole family went. We, we got tickets for Dad for uh, for his birthday. Oh, that's and awesome. so we went down to our old stomping ground. I went to my homecoming high school football game on Friday night. That was pretty cool. You're talking about bring it back, man. I'm yeah, like, man exactly. You were, is... you were a high school star. You were quite the player back in the day. I wasn't that good, but, you know, I like to think I was. But I, I would <laughs> I would say I would agree with you, except for I know that people back home listen to this podcast, and they say, no, you weren't. You were not that good. <laughs> so we're gonna, I'm going to get emails now. Based yeah, on that exactly. wasn't that good. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it was uh, – I, I mean, it really is. That's the fun part of college football, though. It really is great because no matter and, – and it's ironic for me because I've bought property in Alabama – so I'm surrounded now by either Auburn or, or Alabama for everybody. And, you know, so I get it. I get grief everywhere I go when I wear LSU stuff. So it's like, yeah. you know, but but it's fun because that's that's the fun part. You of, need to give them a message because, look, LSU look much improved after the third they played game. A lot and better. I was kidding about my wife. She does support Louisiana sports. So she was in there hollering the other night. But he, he wanted you to he, he wanted to send you a message that Coach O. You know what it is? What's that? No, we I don't. Com- we coming. We coming. Go tag <laughs> I'm not worried about LSU. I'll be honest with you. Florida looked great. Well, Florida, I and I'll say, tell you another th- Go ahead. I mean, I'll tell, you another, I'll tell you another thing, too, that 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 place was packed. It was – I got a little teary-eyed because Uh-oh. it was the first time that I've been in a in a setting that it felt like normal. Yeah. They were talking about 90-something thousand people. They didn't – they're like, man, we're living life. Uh, we, we we sang yeah. the old Tom Petty song. You know, we did the – we are the boys from Florida. It was like – I grew up going to these games. So there was a lot of nostalgic memories that kind of came flooded back, and it was nice to see people just living and just doing life. And But you know, I mean, it's it funny some, is that the, you're right, and the internet was just full of it because I was, I was following it on social media Saturday and Sunday showing a ton of crowds across the college landscape. And it was it was really amazing because, I mean, people come together, they like football, but there was definitely something more. Like, people were singing songs. I mean, like, they were showing – it was A&M and then up in Penn State. They are singing all these songs together. It, I mean, it was inspiring. I was like you. I got chills. I think it's the – I think Zach is right, though. It's just kind of that feeling of it. we're Americans. What struck me is when this right here becomes an issue – you're giving the oh, universal hey. image of money. They said you're because I just looked up. What is what do you what's it cost to get in the stadium? I'd love to know, Zach. It, well, I think we paid about a hundred and fifty dollars to two hundred dollars ticket per although, ticket. Per ticket, per, but per we ticket. Boy, you must ticket. be loaded. So when you got oh, Zach has got so money. when you got eighty ninety thousand. What's 90,000, 100,000, hundreds? I'm on it. It's a lot, but we we saved up for the trip, first of all. Oh, you saved. Okay. I'll tell you this, that that we could have sold the tickets for 500. I looked on uh, StubHub right before the game. So, I mean, there were people paying. I would have done that. That's 18 million. That's what I'm saying. So when it gets to money, forget the mask. (laughs) 
I mean, we money got 18 million. Mask, mask huh? money, money, <laughs> mask. Let's well, go with the money. Last year, last year, college football, I think the SEC had a 25% capacity rule. Yeah. For most of the season. So, yeah. but it just, it was terrible. Like, it would be like playing in front of a, you know, terrible audience, you know, because, and so nobody could get into it. I mean, last season, None of the guys wanted to turn flips in the end zone. No, you didn't see any excitement, you know. And then no, the look, I'm telling you, we the, the fans there made a difference in the game. And what was I think when we we had that 2020 run where everybody was isolated, and not only that, you also had a, a movement to erase every part of the past, everything. It was just nice to to sit there and and be able to have traditions and remember all these things that brought people together of all yeah. different stripes, colors, creeds. Uh, yeah, I mean, traditions are not bad. They're actually part of what make a culture. So it was kind of, for me, it was just like, man, if something's different in Florida, I'll tell you that right now. They're just kind of they're just kind of doing their thing. And it was yeah. fun. It's fun to be well, there. But you got to remember, they did lose. Okay. Well, thanks, Jason. It was I great, that. almost. I mean, it's, I feel like you think y'all won. You, okay, well, but you lost. I'm, I'm having a moment here, okay? But, but I will tell you, but I do think we're going to play again in Atlanta, and I think that Florida's – I think we're we, – Well, you know, it, it's interesting because yeah. Alabama, as with everybody, including LSU, has had the better of everybody lately. But when you look back at their record, Zach, when the SEC championship record, they're just right there neck and neck. I mean, Florida was successful more the Tebow pre-era, but they, they've looked yeah. good against them the last two times. The championship game this last year, I mean, that was probably yep. the best game Alabama had all year. And then, of course, they really – I mean, if you guys get that extra point, which is really funny because Alabama's been so successful, what they've managed to do is have the whole country now is against them. So yeah. even me, because I, I have no love for Florida, but I mean, I'm I, I just was just short of doing the chomp, you know, Saturday because I was pulling for them so hard because I'm like, you know, I'm tired of Alabama yeah. winning. So I, I was, didn't watch it. You didn't watch it, huh? No. Were you done? Were you at the baby shower? I was actually shooting up. I did check on the score. Jace couldn't watch the game because yeah. he had a baby shower to go. There five minutes, and when I walked in, my first inclination was to run, but I didn't know where I was. Sports fans are cheering, and Jace is picking doves in front of a pizza hut. Y'all keep bringing this up, like. <laughs> you need to get out more. I'm trying to make this world a better place, and. People will buy pizza, and since they didn't see the process, they'll eat anything on it. And it but if someone is showing you the process, you are, pick the doves. Pick the doves. They're better without the feathers. That's my message. <laughs> I'll say this. I've said in the parking lot a few times, been on the phone, whatnot. I've never had somebody, an employee from a restaurant, come out and ask me what I was doing. Yeah. It's a strange Ever. man doing something strange. It looked like he, That's never happened he's to handling me. dead birds. He just he's a whack out. I didn't realize that we were going to be talking about this story for days. But but this is now this is now bled over into the next podcast. Well, I do want to mention one more thing before we leave football because I think it's interesting, Dad. Your wife, her mom, Miss Kay, yep, is she is a true fanatic like. Yes, the, the fan is a fanatic, is what it's short for. I woke up to get a cup of coffee this morning, <laughs> and I and I and I left the ball game early because I was getting up at four thirty in the morning, 
and there was a note there in front of the coffee pot, and she said, down to the wire. And, and she said, I had nobody to celebrate this with. You know, <laughs> Mahomes, no. my hero, Holmes, oh. that Mahomes, he lost. But, he, you know, if it had been no, up to him. No, they actually won. Didn't huh? they win? No, the Baltimore pulled oh, it out yeah, is what mom told me. She I, said, you missed, missed the it. greatest game. Of, she had a note that long, you know. Yeah. Oh, she boy. said, I love you, but you really missed out. <laughs> so I'm, hey. on the, I'm on the phone with her last night, and she's doing play-by-play. I mean, we're both watching the game. And so mom's giving me her commentary along with Al Michaels and, you know, the other guy. And so I was like, okay, mom, I'll let you go. I'm just going to watch the game now. But when I got here this morning, I came in. She said, did you watch the end of that game? first thing she said, I said, no, I went to sleep or turned it on something different. I hadn't been just like gung-ho NFL these days. But I said, I missed it. And I said, Kansas City won, huh? Because they were up pretty big when I turned it over. And she was like, no. And then she goes right back into play-by-play. But she said, I couldn't sleep last night. I started to wake your daddy up just to tell I said, well, I'm glad you didn't do that. She got all fired up about that one. So Uh, Last time I was at your house, I looked down on the the stool, and she's got got four fantasy football magazines. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, so I didn't realize she she plays fantasy football. She's in a league. uh, She's in more than one league. I mean, that's just funny to me. She's hard, yeah. she's hardcore, which is funny because mom yeah. never paid attention to sports when we were growing up. But it's kind of a later in life thing or something. I, I, we're gonna have to have her back on the podcast and have her tell us about it because it's it's pretty funny. Let's take a break. So Zach, uh, do you know if you own your home? I, be- I believe I do. I believe I own it. You believe you do. Yeah. So you, one of the things you want to do is you want to know for sure. And the way you do that is by using one of our sponsors, Home Title Lock, to be able to make sure that your home has not been stolen by cyber criminals. It's one of the bigger, you know, cyber uh, thefts that's been going on these days. Unfortunately, people find out if you have a high equity and we know Zach, he's a money man. So he's got a high equity on his home. They go in, they steal your title. They sign off like they, like you sold it to them. And then they use all your equity for themselves. That's kind of the current scheme that's been going on, Zach. Hmm. So you might want to check these guys out. You're not covered by insurance. You're not covered by your bank uh, or even common identity theft program. So, you want to be able to check out Home Title Lock to protect your most valuable asset. So you go to HomeTitleLock.com. You register your address. Make sure you're not already a victim. And you're going to receive a complete title history of your home, which is a $100 value that you're going to get for free just for checking these guys out. So check them out, HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure you own your home. Well, she was excited this morning, that's for sure, which I thought was pretty good. So uh, we're in Matthew chapter six. Uh, last time we talked about the sort of the, I guess you would call it the God relationship kind of section of this, the idea of giving and prayer and fasting. And we kind of showed the difference between a, a legalist, which is who he's kind of dealing with here versus someone who's not trying to bring attention to themselves but as a spiritual godly person because they have a relationship with God, which let's face it, you wouldn't really know. According to this, if you really had that sort of relationship, you, it, you wouldn't always even know that. Right. I mean, 
it's it's he's saying make it more private, less public, because he's dealing yeah. with people. I think that we're making it only public. Well, that's what's kind of crazy when you get to the end in chapter twenty-eight. He's basically saying go public. Yeah, but how you do it <clears throat> is in secret, as far as your personal life. I mean, if your secret life is contrary to the will of God, your public life for Jesus is not going to succeed. It'll fail. Yeah, the American, some... the American model overall fixed it, the theologians fixed it, so that Sunday morning was when you had church services. It's like the Super Bowl. And, right. and you say, well, let's see now. Uh, we have Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, that pretty well tells who you are instead of the Sunday morning when you met for two hours. Yeah, I mean, you got 168 hours in a week. If two of them are designated for God and the other 166 are just, you know. Like, well, I think you're Wait right, a minute here. Phil, they missed this point that what makes the kingdom of God the most powerful organization functioning body, however you want to describe it, that the world has ever known. Yeah. That the world has ever known in the history of the planet and the future is, one, you have spirit-filled people think that something you cannot see, you can see the fruit of the spirit, but you cannot see the spirit in secret places, homes, conversations, coffee shops, where where Jesus is being introduced and, and even down inside your mind and how you're praying and the sacrifices, like when you think of something like fasting that you're doing because you believe that God reigns, that he's real and he reigns and he's all-knowing. And he's look, all and what you're doing with your money, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You get to looking at the, that concept, Al, mm-hmm. and it's a doozy. Yeah. Well, it says for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, which is really a strange phrase if it you is. think about it. Where your treasure is. Work hard. That, you'll be blessed with wealth. Plenty of text for that. Well, there your heart will be. So it's almost like... If you don't invest in something, then you won't treasure it. Yeah. Right. 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 So, I mean, I'm a treasure hunter, and and Murray, the guy who's taught me everything that I know about treasure, you're a hunting, stock market man. But as the as the revenue flows, if and when it does, yeah. I'm, but I care nothing. I care nothing about the money in in the stock market. I know this is crazy. I'm one in a million. These people are trying to make money. I, I just like, I like the competition of, I like the game of the stock market. It's, it's, if you start focusing that it's real money, you would make, I think, emotional decisions, which yep. would be bad. Which a lot of people now, do. Have I made a lot of money on the stock market? Yes. But is that my motivation? No, because I was content and happy with nothing. Yep. I've told my wife many times when she was frustrated and staring at the ceiling with a tear in her eye, she's like, why don't you make financial better decisions? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Willie I, tried to promote me one time for more money. And I was like, nah, I'm good. 
And, and she was like, I've got a what? 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 I was like, well, I don't, I want to hunt. She's, he's trying to get me to miss hunting days for a price. That, that, what I do when I hunt is priceless. Right. I'm not taking that bait. And you know, he's set. brought up an interesting thing. You can get so absorbed with lucre, the, with the pursuit of wealth. Al, you don't have time to fulfill the text that says make it your ambition to live a quiet life yeah. and then to work hard with your hands yeah. so you won't be dependent on anybody. Well, you know, you look at that, you say, well, you are wealthy in that you have your quiet life intact. Right. And and you you're working hard, you know you, you and and you well, and you're being blessed. Be was, satisfied with that instead of saying, "Oh no, I just lost," and then you're devastated because you just lost this amount or that amount, playing the stock market or doing anything. You got a, made a bad deal. So I'm not really playing the market. It's just it is <laughs> structured as a game, and you know me, I I've always. I like games. Yep. I like competition. But I will say this. I did some research for you. Y'all didn't know I was going to do this. But the subject of money or possessions comes up more than you think. Quite a bit. In the Bible. In fact, 16 of Jesus' 38 parables had something to do with money. Which There's, uh, there's a message in there, Jace. Yeah. Look, if you... The and, entire, many of, and many of them are very uh, capitalism... Based, which Look, I find interesting. One, one out of every ten verses in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John addresses something to do with money or possessions. I didn't know that. Ten percent. I knew it was a lot. Ironic. Ironic. Some of the legalists who say there has to be ten percent. I'm all for giving ten percent, but don't try to make some code to say not nine. Not Give nine more nine. No, no, forget what the cheerful is heart. That, Give as the heart term. And that has to be pre-tax, not post-tax. You know, I've heard, tax, the, I've heard sermons before about, you know, when that percentage is, and I'm just listening like, well, this is so unbiblical. And to unbiblical. show you a strange, uh, uh, let me give you a strange scenario. Okay. Well, I have some more stats. Okay, give me, give me the, the more stats, but let me just refresh <laughs> your memory on this, which is pretty astounding. At White's Ferry Road, and then a little satellite church to where I am across the river. WFRU. We don't pass the plate where we are. Mm -hmm. We don't pass the, the put your money in here. Yep. We don't do that. Well, somebody said, well. FinTech. Yeah, yeah, I'm not being paid, so no money's going to me or Miss Kelly. Y'all have a fintech do, system, Vimeo? ATM. Vimeo? Huh? Vimeo? What, is, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, how do you get the now money? Now watch, now watch. Let, let me give you. So you said, now wait a minute, let me get this. I come to where y'all are meeting, and you're not going to have a plate that passes by where I put money and feel guilty if I don't, or then worry about how much you're giving. We cut through all that. No ATM machine. No, no, no plate. Okay. We're not passing the plate. Nobody, no money changing hands anywhere, <clears throat> except from us to you, because we we have a meal See, prepared. That's what I'm saying. I think they need to invest something, so or, or they won't think well, it's valuable. No, so if you want to, to put some money, yeah. there's a box back at the back wall. It's bolted to the floor. Charge them a dollar. You couldn't you couldn't get it out of there with a bulldozer. <laughs> So we say, if you want to give to God, you give you put money there, which yeah. I do. Okay. We put money there. Well, White's Ferry Road got in touch with us, and they said, guess what? After we started that out, they started getting more 
than they were originally getting. All right. Well, right, yeah. Al? That's right. So I think, how do you figure that? Well, it's I the think bait you're switch. compelled. You, you believe. We don't pass the plate. And then they said your giving, especially from y'all, is up. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I yeah. said always you should I'm just saying it's not about money. Well, and to, to your point, that's the, you guys are a small group of people. But Zach and we were over at uh, Robert Morris's church, which is a huge church in Dallas, doing a lot of great things. They have the same basic philosophy. They have a little, of course, their people are given online, mostly in the app, but they've got boxes in the back. But, I mean, they're very generous, and they do amazing work all around the world. Well, look, you, know? you got to remember, I mean, Jesus in the chap- in chapter 6 and verse 2, he said, so when you give to the needy, he didn't say if give or if you get when. I mean, because people who, who are hooked on Jesus and the love of God, that will then in turn filter to people the love of other people. That's why... Look, prayer verses in the Bible over 500 verses, 500 on faith, 2,000 on money, possessions, Yeah, 2,000. I just think it's because that's what people feel is powerful. You have That's why he yeah. gets to the, to the end in verse 24 hey, and hang says— Hang on, Jess. Let's take a break before you read that. So, Dad, one of our favorite uh, sponsors is Omega XL. We talk a lot about it. And, you know, size uh, size on board, too. size has been taking Omega. It's really been helping him. Um, you know, he's just kind of a walking aching pain when you look at him, potentially. And uh, But this has really helped him. Uh, we had uh, the owners of the company in recently. I had a great conversation with them. And, and it's a good product. It's all natural. What they do is they attack inflammation which really is the source of pain. And it was really interesting because they're a family business like ours. And, you know, we're into ducks and that was our thing, but they're into helping people with, you know, aches and pains. And, and they've been doing it for 35 years. Great research. Uh, the wife, uh, co-owner of the company, is a, is a medical doctor and a researcher. So these you can trust these guys. It's a great product. It's really helped us with our aches and pains. And here's how you start get started if you want to check these guys out. Go to OmegaXL.com slash fill, and you're going to buy a bottle, and you get a second bottle for free, which is good value. That's going to give you two months' worth of this product, which is about how long it takes to work into your system. It's something you take all the time. It's a supplement. It's natural. OmegaXL.com slash fill, or you can give them a call, 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888, and get after that inflammation. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, which I can't believe they capitalized money in this. I know. Why'd they do that? I don't know. Well, think think about this. It's, it's, uh, we've heard it say, but people say that money's the root of all evil, but it's, it's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. So it's money is not the problem. It's it's the it's the love and obsession with money because we think that money leads to power. But I love this the way the imagery here about this uh, don't don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and thieves break in, in and steal. I, 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 I lost my grandparents this past year and I lost my mother a couple of years ago. And I'm telling you, when you go through something like that and you start going to, through their all, all their belongings, 
this verse comes to life because you got all this stuff that was accumulated all these years, and we're just most of it's going to the dump. And and what little heirlooms we may keep, even at some point, my my kids who are not attached to it at all are going to look at what's this what's this junk, and it's going to be thrown out too. And I just keep thinking about that verse, the, uh, the psalmist. I think Psalms ninety says, uh, "Teach us to number our days." I think that's the thing. If you, when you think, if you really just take a take a step back from your life and you really consider that it's short. You know, like I said, I went to my high school homecoming game. So I've been I graduated high school in '96. I'm like, man, how, that, this thing is moving. I think the you got to put into perspective. You you get all you want, but at the end of the day, I mean. Like by the time you get to enjoy it, you're probably too old to enjoy it anyway. It's just like it's it's a futile. It's 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 just futility. It's a great, it's a great point. Well, I'm a treasure hunter, but I learned something from Murray. I was telling this story earlier. He found one day like the greatest find that I had seen up until that, which was a seventeen something. You couldn't read the other two numbers. Spanish real silver coin. And I mean, our crew went nuts, which I later found one a few weeks later in the same area. But the owners of the house, they heard us hollering out in the yard. And Murray immediately just gave it to the wife of the landowners. And I thought our other buddy, who's been a treasure hunter for years, I thought he's going to have a heart attack. Because <laughs> he was like, what are you doing, brother? That's what he said. Murray said, I'm giving it. You know, it's their yard, and he's like, plus, what am I going to do, put it in a box and stare at it for a couple more years till I die? But it just, it was like a real moment that I thought, you know, and, and it, it helped establish a relationship with the landowners that they knew we weren't out there trying to get all their stuff. Yeah. We were just yeah. having this experience and what we enjoy. I thought it was a real noble thing, but he quoted this verse, you know, because he's like, what we share there. And it was a good perspective. And that's kind of the key of this show that we're working on. It's like, it'll be some variation of treasure hunters or whatever. But the true treasure are the people that you run up on. You have this experience. It's more, it's it's kind of a, uh, you know, there's some irony there. Yeah. Where you're actually finding this old treasure, but you're viewing the people that you meet as more, of a treasure. Well, and the, the and the stories yeah. of the past. I mean, you're uncovering the stories of the past, and and right. I think that's such a great, great point, Jay. So think about wealth. Wealth is not bad. I mean, you know, we're doing some things right now that I know are going to be impactful, like this movie that we're working on about uh, the Robertson family kind of life story from the the, the beginning years, and it's a um, it's going to be a powerful film because it's gonna it's going to really show. Uh, of redemption and what God can do with, with people. And um, and I think people are going to come to know Jesus through this work. But I'm telling you right now, in order to do that, guess what we had to do? We had to go raise money. Well, guess where we went? The people who were wealthy. And a lot of these people that have invested in this film, in fact, all of them, uh, you know why they're investing in it primarily? Because they see, they see it as a way to advance the kingdom. That's and right. so I think yeah. that wealth can be used in lots of different ways. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, there, I, we're just involved in so many things that I know about just in my little world uh, with people that have resources. And I'm like, man, I see people like the like the Green family yeah. at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I mean, you go, you, when we went, Phil, you remember when we went there and you walk in and we do you do the tour. The first thing that you do, they, they walk you down this hallway 
And it's just, this is basically, here's the missions that we fund. Here's why we're in business. That's right. And I'm like, you know, that, like, can you imagine the kingdom without the Green family? I mean, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be horrible. for everything. Let's take another break. So, Jace, what makes you nauseous? Is there anything that, like, makes you nauseous? Uh, when a bunch of ducks come in and somebody flares them. Makes you nauseous. Yeah, I want to vomit. <laughs> Does that make you nauseous too, Dad? Or? It makes me nauseous that they didn't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. Hmm. He gave him over to a depraved mind. That makes me nauseated. Oh, that's that's pretty good. Probably better nauseated than mine. It's <laughs> a more spiritual answer. So one of our uh, sponsors is a group called Relief Band, and they literally can help you in your nausea. So, Dad, when you're you're contemplating the spiritual woes of our culture, or Jace, when uh, somebody flares a bunch of ducks, this product goes around your wrist, and it helps you uh, by preventing nausea and vomiting. Because apparently there's a nerve that goes from your wrist up I'm to your brain. I'm going to get all my hunting buddies this, these wrists Then you wouldn't Christmas. be saying It's 100% yeah. drug-free. Awesome. It's non-drowsy. It's all natural. Zero side effects. Check them out whether, you know, so for a lot of people it's motion or other things that do it. So if you go to reliefband.com, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com, use the promo code UNASHAME, you're going to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30 days money back guarantee. So it does not cost you anything to try it because you can get your money back if it doesn't work. Reliefband.com. Use the promo code unashamed, 20% off plus free shipping. Boy, I'm glad this text is in there, Zach. Why do you worry about clothes? But that's why I always look. I'm 75 and never purchased a suit. And someone says, it's like the two girls that came in about uh, four or five months ago. And they said, is uh, this like a real church? I said, well, yeah, we're glad you're here. The church is uh, the people here. They're meeting here. And, and she said, well, where's the preacher? I said, well, how would you know if you found him? And they said, we don't know, but you usually know who the preacher is. Well, right. Where's the yeah. preacher? I said, but oh, Phil. he's around here somewhere. And they said, well, who are you? I said, I'm Jim Smith. And they said, well, Jim, it's good to know you. Yeah. After I preached, both those girls were baptized. <laughs> <laughs> they said, so you're the not, preacher. It's a bizarre story <laughs> Phil keeps going to, and I don't understand all the I don't either. The <laughs> but I know this. I, I would Jim will Smith, it, I would bet. Phil, and both of them I, were converted. I'm like, well, I need to try that again. I would bet that the number one feud in churches and in marriages is over money. I think so. Oh, yeah. Would that's, you agree with that? Yeah. That's what I want to find out Well, from why you. don't we read this? I mean, I'm saying Matthew 6, 24. Well, read it. I just read it. Well, yeah. You cannot <laughs> well, serve I, well, both God and money. Well, and I will say, because I can, I can just hear somebody listening right now saying, that's easy for you to say, Phil, because you're a multi-billionaire, but I, I will testify that when you were poor, you acted, you, 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 you felt, you had the same message then that you do now. Well, Phil so, is I mean, a walking it, testimony that money doesn't change a person because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> he he had no money. We experienced that. Then yep. he had a lot of money. And here's what changed around here. 
nothing. <laughs> Three days ago, I was standing 20 feet out here where all this stuff is, and I saw yeah. the largest rat I have ever seen in my life going up the wall. I was like, Phil, look at this. And well, so, somebody is, said, you need a cat. I said, there's not a cat on this earth that can suggest we've made room for everyone. And I thought, well, nothing changed here. I'm not kidding. This rat was this long for you that's listening. He was two feet long. Rat. Now I'm including it. I have witnesses. That's a neutral rat. It, it looked yeah, like I a neutral rat that. scaling the wall. Phil, you saw it. Was that the biggest rat you've ever seen? No, but it was. he was in the race. <laughs> I mean, I thought. I said, everybody well, Phil, the, the thing about Phil says that the only thing that changed is the menu. But here's the funny part about that is that when I come eat at your house, I don't want the upgraded menu. I want the Opelousa catfish. I want yep. the fried deer steak. I want the, yeah. I mean, that's that's the best thing you make. So it's funny, even in the <laughs> upgrade, the only that's thing that true. did upgrade, it's the old, it's 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 the food, <laughs> food we grew up eating that's the best. I will say this in that story yesterday. Phil's first response was, he said, I don't know about shooting a gun in here. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I saw him and so the big. size of him, I reached and got a weapon, which was always handy. I reached and grabbed that weapon. I said, I don't know about that roof in this thing. So I figured if I missed him, I'd put a hole in my roof. I we said, were oh. all standing around thinking, is he fixed to shoot that gun? So now that would have been a that would have been worth filming. So that. what did you do? What what did we you didn't kill do the, anything? Did we, watch, go. we watched where he went. He's still in there. He went. I was like, he's got a house. There's one little. If I op- if I open my locker one day and that sucker comes out, I'm probably gonna have a heart attack. You're, you're gonna you, put me in the ground. I'm not. I'm not embellishing. That was the biggest rat <laughs> I have ever seen. He looked like a hybrid in between a nature rat and like a not talking about a mouse. Look, a mouse trout. He come up there and flick that thing off. It has no chance. And he was bigger than a squirrel, so I don't know. He was no. bigger than he, a squirrel. Well, it's like the, uh, what's the show? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was a big rat on that show. What was his name? Sprinter? Y'all probably never watched that, did y'all? I don't know. But this thing needs <laughs> a name. A- I remember one of these old preacher stories. I don't know if it's true or whatever, but it kind of it kind of depicted the problem, I think. That's and, sad and, when you say an old preacher story, and I don't know if it's true. Well, I wanted to tell this preacher story because, I, I, you know, you hear these things, and you're like, oh, my goodness. But I thought this one was pretty good. Now, y'all can make up your mind whether it's true. I mean, <laughs> well, years ago, look, you remember when they had the publisher's clearinghouse? Yeah. Because I don't know if that thing was a scam or not. I think but it anyway, was. But anyway, this Ed woman. Ed McMahon was the guy. She won $5 million. And so, but she, her husband had a heart condition, so she didn't want to go tell him because she didn't want him to die of a heart attack because they won $5 million. Now, she was sincere. So she goes to the pastors and she's like, look, I got this situation. And they're like, hey. They thought about what we need to do. They they came up with a plan. They said, you know what? If you if you first, if you think about seeking first the kingdom, which we're fixed to get to, then that would help you not overreact because it's just money. I mean, what's it going to do? You we just read you can't take it with you. Right. Don't store. So the pastor said, so I got a plan. So they go out to the guy's house, and the pastor asked the husband. He's like, look, we've had a member of our church win. Five million dollars, publishers clear now. Now he don't know it's his wife, you know. He, yeah. So what we we're looking for advice on what to do. What do you think? And he said, Well, the first thing I would do is give half of it. I'd tell him to give half of it to the church. Well, then the pastor, when he heard that, 
he had a heart attack and died right there. <laughs> Back to worrying. Now, uh, why would uh, why I don't would it's a preacher's Why would Jesus? Why would he say something negative about what we wear? So do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear?" For the pagans run after all these things. Now, he, there's got to be a lesson in this. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, don't worry about it today, today tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Each, each day has enough trouble of its own. So what's oh, the message in there? Don't worry about what you eat, drink, or where. So it must be a problem the human race has, or he would not have brought that up. Hang on, let's take, let's let, hang on, Zach, let's take another break. Think about the poor people in the world. The last thing they're trying to survive, and they don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. Or well, what you wear, what you eat, what you—they're just making it from day to day. Somewhere there's a lesson in there about don't get so overly concerned with trivial things, which that seems to suggest what? Yeah, well, I, I think that it's a, it, what it suggests is that we, we don't want to believe in the sovereignty of God, and, and, and that God isn't, he's running the show here. I mean, like, like he is in control of these things, and we have, you know, in the past, before we had all these technological advances, we were, humanity was at, really at the mercy of nature way more than we are now. So it kind of, I think, forced us more into that. Now we can kind of pretend a little bit longer because we could of technology. But at the end of the day, I mean, what I think with this whole passage is why we worry is because we think that we actually are going to be able to produce some kind of outcome. But you know, the, the, the quest for food and certain foods I won't eat, it's a big thing in America, and it was a big thing here, Al, yeah. on, on Jesus saying, listen, Y'all are running after all this stuff. This will hurt me. I better not take this. I better, you know, this right here is healthy. This is not healthy. I mean, it's just a clamor Look, going saw, on in the country I now. I saw a video yesterday, last night. There were two people on an airplane. There's three seats. There's two people. They've got double masks, and then they've got a face shield on top of that. <clears throat> yep. And they're sitting there, and there's a guy, and he's sitting there, and he's eat, he's in the third seat by the aisle. And somebody's filming this. And he's eating the food, and they're 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 cowered away from him in fear. And the woman keeps looking around, and she won't even look at him because That's my point. he's eating food. And I and, and the guy's like looking like he's kind of like rolling his eyes, like, "Can you believe these weird people? Like, I'm trying to eat." So he had his mask; he was just eating. Then he was going to put his mask on. But I thought. That's the ultimate cowering and worry and fear. That I mean, they got on this airplane. I don't know what they were thinking, but they were mortified. She wouldn't even look. And the husband kept looking like he was mad behind her. I guess it was her husband. Like, look at this guy. He's just eating right in front of us. Like, what is wrong with him? Who would eat on an airplane? And not only eating, now he's breathing. He's breathing. He's taking air <laughs> in and blowing it out. Without a and wall. And he's seated next to us. Yeah, that's right. And they've got their triple protection. Though. But I, I think it shows you the ultimate. I think the pandemic, the coronavirus and all that has shown the dividing line in our culture oh. about people that worry. I mean, it, of course, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. But I think the underlying 
principle, what Jesus was getting them to see, because you got to remember, they're trying to keep the law. And he's saying, you have a heavenly father who loves you, who take care of you. He's with you in your closet. He's with you in your home. I mean, he sees what you're thinking. And then he gets here and he says, because in verse 32, he's like, the pagans run after all these things. I just, I picture like, you know, what's the day, Black Friday, when all the shops open, you know, and look, there's running, tearing, you, you get run over if you're getting away. You know, and just buying $600 shoes. And, oh, know, and start fighting over there's it. There's purses out there that cost $10,000, you know, to yeah. carry what? <laughs> I'm like, if I had $10,000, I would just get a a Walmart shopping bag and put yep. the 10,000 in it, not a bag to carry. <laughs> what am I going to carry in it now? Plus Zach, if you think about it, you mentioned the cancel culture earlier. Uh, do not judge chapter seven, verse one, or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Meaning you might you you be very careful on being judgmental of others and just say, yeah, well, you know, I've looking 200 years ago, he made a mistake. And I mean, you you treat him as a dog from that day forth. You say no way out, no forgiveness, no mercy, none. You just judge him and move on as a movement, as a faction. It's, it's yeah, it's what happens whenever anything becomes man centered. If it's man-centered, what's, I mean, it's inevitable. Because we can't manufacture these things, right here, we can't manufacture our righteousness. He says, "Don't you're not going to get there by the law. You right. can't manufacture your security. He says, it's all going to get rusted and moths. You can't, you can't produce your own clothing. Your own, it's, it, at the end of the day, like, if, if, if it's on me, then I'm going to be faced with, with futility and frustration. Which if I, so I have two options in the, in the face of reality. Either I can bow before the living God and say, it is you, or I can create distractions, and those distractions are always going to lead to a harsh treatment of the body, judgmentalness, cancel culture, abuse, because i got to do that. That's what happens. It's just the way it works. I, I think that's the narrative. If you don't have a father, if there is no God, well, why wouldn't you worry about all this stuff? You know, I was I was mid-verse in that, reading that, but it says, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows that mm. you need food. Right. So all of a sudden, you're going to put your faith and trust. You're going to seek first his kingdom, and then he's not going to take care of you. You're going to worry every second of it. Well, that doesn't make well, sense. Right. And Thank then when he gets to the next, what you're saying about judging, he's like, <laughs> you don't think he knows who's on the up and up and who's not? It's not our job to go around and say, oh, you're wrong, you're right. We don't know. Can you imagine being a judgmental person your entire life, judging others, judging, slamming them, doing research, see how many mistakes they made, when they make them, how big were they? they And and people just get into that, and they want to get your history out where they can just lambast you. He said, that's the same measure measure I'm going to use on you. Think about the progression, Dad. He started out by saying, if you're serving money more than God, then you're going to be worried about everything, and then you're going to look at other people and be totally jealous and judgmental all the time. So the most bitter people in the world are people that are total lovers of money. I mean, because it's never enough. And if you're successful, then it's like, well, you didn't deserve that. Just look at the ramifications of big tech 
uh, Zachary, just big tech and all of what they've done under the banner of whatever flag they're flying. And you say, man, this place is a dog-eat-dog world we got in here now. But, but Zach, you brought up the perfect point because you're right. Somebody listening to our podcast will say, well, that's easy for Phil Robertson to say because he's successful. What they what they miss is that Dad made a decision a long time ago to serve God, not money. Yep. And we didn't have any money, you know, but, and eventually you made some. But look, you didn't worry about things. Nope. You, you had some financial success, but you still By the way, work. did you ever see me or your mother – your mother maybe a little bit here and there, but did you ever see me going around crying and moaning about what we didn't have? And nope. And, and look, mom doesn't either. And Jace has commented on this before. Mom, all that having money means to mom is it's more to give away to people. <laughs> Tell me about well, it. She, she, uh, she said done she's done me before we started. <laughs> yeah. like, Kay, always said, Kay always said if you're if you're because people say, man, I'm gonna wait till I get money to be generous, or wait till I get you know. She said if you if you're if you can't be generous as with a little, you won't be generous as with a lot. And 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 you guys have done that back in the old days. It wasn't. It wasn't the big ribeyes you were cooking, but it, it was the it was the red beans and rice, and it was good. It was plenty. Yeah, I think don't that's be the thing. No here. red beans and rice. Oh, I got that right up there in no, between. I, no, it's up, the it, <laughs> yeah. it's up at the top. It's up at the top. But Jace, I want to I want to key on something you said. I think is is that when you said it, you read that that verse about uh, God knows what you need. This because I, I, I mentioned earlier, the problem is is we question the sovereignty of God that God's running the show here. But the other thing we question is that God is good. And so, yeah, we either question one of two things. Either God's not capable, he's not powerful enough to take care of us, or we question if he is, maybe he's he's not good enough and he doesn't have my best interest at heart. And I think that's where, where, and I struggle with worry, so I can tell you, man, that's like that's what I have to continue to repent of is is to say that i, I got to keep coming back to it and say, God, you're you're big enough to do it and you're and you're good enough to do it and i got to rest in that that's it's difficult but i, I think it's it's a sanctification a journey no, of time i think you're right but i think his theme cuz he was talking to pharisees and religious people and that's why when he gets to chapter 7 he keeps making this analogy that when you when it comes to how you view what you're doing you need a mirror instead of a magnifying glass yep cuz you think point. that that is the difference right there in the religious world they're looking at everybody with a magnifying glass in, in a judgmental spirit or even worry and an, an anxiety. But they never see themselves. They ain't looking in a mirror. I mean, you find that theme over and over in the Bible when it says you'll read the Bible and then you immediately go and forget that, you know, James says you forget what you look like. You, you know, he's he's all for mirrors. Well, I love it, though, Zach, and, and we'll, close, we'll close with this. Um, the beauty of, and I appreciate you being transparent about your own weaknesses. The beauty is we have each other. That's you know we, we've got wives that complement and help us to be better men. Same thing with Zach and our business partners. So obviously we talk a lot about business, about what we're trying to I mean, do. With I mean, think about it, Al. Some people among us are going to baby showers, men. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Grown men. My, my boy, you, and you know what they thought? That last you know what they, they thought when I walked in? Some people just don't belong. <laughs> right. So Zach and I compliment each other. He has to worry more because I, I worry little, but together we make a good team. So anyway, We're I'll, out of here. I'll close with that. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.